Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Can people have experiences as dramatic as UFO encounters and not remember them? Can we actually get in touch with aliens? What exactly do we mean by aliens anyway? Hello and welcome to the 663rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Now, I am Ben and those health conscious, health conscious, well I guess those health conscious questions came from my co-host and partner. They also came <laughs> from last week's script. Yes it did, yeah. well uh, there we go. Well those, those very strange and outer worldly questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And our guest today has an interesting subject that concerns every, or has a very interesting take on uh, the subject that concerns every experiencer. And we welcome your calls. The numbers are 800-449-1240. That's from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. And 401-766-1240 here in uh, northern Rhode Island. And uh, we will monitor emails. Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com for emails. Dinah Roseberry is a professional editor, author of numerous books of fiction and nonfiction, a paranormal researcher, and certified hypnotherapist. Today we will concern ourselves with her book, uh, it is entitled UFO and Alien Management. I love that. It sounds so corporate. I like it. Yeah. A Guide to Discovering, Evaluating, and Directing Sightings, Abductions, and Contacting Experiences. And in an intriguing twist of fate, Dinah happens to be editor of our forthcoming book at Schiffer, Schiffer Publishing, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong. Dinah's website, Roseberry Books, that's R-O-S-E-B-E-R-R-Y, roseberrybooks.weebly.com. So, Dinah Roseberry, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, it's great to have you. So, before we talk about bringing back memories of UFO experiencers, let's address the very simple, or maybe not so simple, question. How many people do you estimate really actually have UFO experiences? You know, that number is so elusive. People like to throw a number around, um, you know, millions. Um, Some people say no one. There's all kinds of things. Uh, that people say about this kind of thing. We, we don't really know. Um, and what we don't know, we can't really estimate on. I think there are so many more people who have been um, in some kind of experience that don't even remember it. And I've even seen examples of people having uh, an experience right with me and not see it. So, you know, and I would be the one to see it and not them. It's very interesting. So I'm I'm going to go upward of oh, millions. So why do people forget these experiences in the first place? I mean, one could probably guess that they repress them because it was so traumatic. But what do you think? I don't think that they're really regressing, um, suppressing them. I think that um, the aliens or the entities that are involved don't particularly want those people to see um, or have an experience at that time that they remember. I think we have them... You know, it's very possible there's uh, been one author that I have uh, heard talked about there being things in our skies all the time, battles, everything, right now where you could look, look up and see them, but for some reason that's suppressed from our ability to see it. So what kind of UFO experiences are, are most likely to be forgotten, or does it depend on the experiencer? I think it's going to depend on the experiencer and what that experiencer Mm -hmm. has um, to offer maybe or um, a lot of people are more, um, I don't want to say psychic, but sensitive these days than they used to be because their feelings are opening up and their, their minds are opening up. So I think sometimes they see things that they're not supposed to see. Um, 
you know, it's it's just it's just one of those things. So why do you think people are more aware now than they used to be? Um, I think that our our society these days has have more open minded uh, individuals than they used to in the past. Um, a lot of people throughout history have just written things off. They'll see things and they uh, write them off as something else. Now it's true that I think that a lot of the things that people see can be explained um, by natural things, but there are just as many things that are there that they just choose not to see or understand. But those who are seeing them are more open-minded or more aware of what's going on in the world itself. And I don't mean our political world or our or our living world. I mean in the mind body mind body spirit world. So I guess I guess with that said, is it important to remember these experiences, or is it best to leave well enough alone? Yeah. Yeah. The, what you don't you know, know the, won't the hurt you. To, something to I both of those things is yes. Um, sometimes it's really important, and the times that it's really important, I think, are when the particular when the particular person that is having the experience has some kind of remembrance or suspects it, and really keeps floundering around, wanting to know, wanting to know, wanting to know, uh, to the you know, to the detriment of their lives. Now, there are some people that have experiences where they say, I just don't want to know. And I've had um, experience myself with someone who um, wanted to go a little bit, and then once she found out that things were not quite the way she would have hoped in something like this, she goes, that's it, no more, I'm not going any further. And, you know, they don't want to know the negativities and some people just don't want to know, period, because this this is really a big topic outside of uh, your own realm. Um, it changes someone's thinking about their entire lives and, and the entire world and everything that they had believed from childhood up, because it's really outside. Hmm. All right. Well, the question arises uh, that what – how do you define the term alien? Everybody assumes it's uh, – somebody from another planet who arrives in a UFO and this sort of thing, and people assume that they're talking to aliens from, you know, beings from other planets, uh, re- regardless of their relationship to us. Is that is that good enough? Is that is that a good enough answer? I mean, uh, is there a, would there be a broader definition of aliens in, in your, your sense? Well, you know, after reading your book, Behind the Paranormal, my eyes were really open to this whole multiverse thing, you know, and and I do believe that there, I had always believed that there were other dimensions. I just hadn't believed, or not that I hadn't believed, I hadn't realized there were so many different kinds of things out there. You know, sure, there's probably interplanetary, and that I don't even know. It seems so out outrageous to even think that can happen, but we're, you know, our pilots and people are seeing UFOs in the skies, but where are they coming from? Um, how can they possibly be here? I don't know. That di- whole dimensional, other dimensional thing is um, a really intriguing possibility. And I, I want to say probability. Um, you know, as I read uh, your book about the multiverse, I've, I got the feeling that probably most of it comes through that as opposed to interplanetary. But this is a p- an opinion. For me, because I don't know, and I guess nobody knows. No, but, nobody knows. Yeah. Um, you know, it just feels—it just feels like a right thing that there is more inter, um, interdimensional than planetary. Well, it could also be that 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 
multidimensionality or the, or the multiversal idea is, is used as a mode of transportation from one planet to another, you know, mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. it, maybe it gives yeah, it more that depth. So anything is, is possible. So, so Dinah, can you give us some examples of people, um, you either have helped yourself to remember these things or... Actually, before you get to that, I want to ask about the process by sure. which um, the, memory, the memories are recovered. So how do people recover these memories? Okay, first I'd like to say that this, this is a visualization exercise um, as, a pair to, as compared to being an actual hypnosis or something like that. Um, can I tell you a minute about the reason why I, I went, went with this? Sure. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a basic thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, for, for many, many years, I, and, and this was placed in me, so I don't know where this came from, but I always wanted uh, to be able to be hypnotized. I've always wanted to know what was going on with past lives, and uh, it was just a real big interest to me. And I found early on that it was very expensive to go and have this done. And even if you did have it done once, it's it's a discretionary income that I just particularly did not have at the time. And it was it was irritating to me that I couldn't even explore this because I didn't know how to do this. So as the years went on, and that kind of thing still continued, um, with psychotherapy being very expensive, I um, decided once I started to work with Schiffer Publishing that if I was going to delve into uh, some of this, I was going to go and get certified and help people um, in a way that they didn't have to pay these exorbitant prices to start with because some people didn't need that. Um, so that's what I, when I came up with the uh, visualization um, idea to do just a portion of it, to just let the person get into themselves far enough to know whether they wanted to go further or not. Now, if, if someone has an experience and they do find that they have it, <clears throat> and particularly if it's uh, scary or terrifying, something like that, my, my suggestion is always to seek out a professional uh, hypnosis. But <clears throat> I think it's important that you look for somebody who has an open mind about um, these kinds of theories because, um, you know, this is not mainstream hypnosis. This is, you know, UFO abduction, UFO experiences, contactee experiences. You want somebody who really is experienced in that mode. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, with that said, what I do is is I do a relaxation exercise that is meant to relax the person well enough to visualize. Um, and then I take them through a visualization that uh, includes a, a companion that takes them up a mountain and to a particular identity of something or someone, I'm not sure, who would show up. In, in my book, I give uh, explanation of who you might run into. Um, for me, it was a small Zeta that came uh, to help me through my experiences, my personal experiences. And it's always been that one, that same one every time except uh, once. And it can be different at all different times. Okay, let, let me just inter- companion. Can I just get a clarification? An Aveda, as as in the uh, a Hindu or Buddhist idea of, of what we would might call an angel kind of thing. Oh, I'm sorry, I said Zeta. Oh, Zeta. Okay. I'm sorry. I did have Veda also, which yes is the answer to that, or possibly to the fairy world, which is more likely the 
the entity that I had, but the first, the one that stays with me the most is the Zeta, Z-E-T-A, and it's a, a small little creature. Okay. And that was, that's when you can, you know, personally, whoever comes to you is who is supposed to give you um, a tour, as it would, of what your experiences might have been. Okay. And then, and then once that experience happens, then, then there's a winding down, uh, the way back, I call it. Um, I call I call these relaxation. Then the climb to management, which management of your your um, interaction with uh, the other side or or uh, with UFO. The climb to management, then management interaction. The time that you spend interacting and listening to and asking questions to this uh, entity that shows to you, and the way back, which is calming back and definitely coming back to yourself, and then the actual processing of of this. Okay. Now, one of the things we, we bring up in our book, and you probably know our book better than we do because you're the editor, um, is, is the interpretation question. Uh, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, okay. Well, go ahead and st- go ahead, Ben. Well, we had a, well I, I, you can bring it up because I, I wanted to bring up a conversation that we had um, this weekend with one of our, our guests next week who, um, yes. who made a very interesting point, which was uh, she had been to many um, a, uh, uh, MUFON events. And was concerned about the the lack of diversity in in the people that attended these events. So she did a doctoral. That was her doctoral thesis, right? Or her dissertation? Yes, yeah, she's an ex, She's a, has a doctorate in cultural uh, studies and things of that kind. And she'll be on next week. Um, she uh, rejoices in the formidable name of Wahaba Hadia Al Mawid and is a uh, professor in New York State. And will will be discussing. What, what, what we'll be discussing, uh, what our subject at the end of the show and in our announcements, but well, she made a very interesting point that, um, which we we do bring up, but she sort of expanded on it that we interpret these events uh, mostly between our our culture. Our culture really defines how we experience the not only encounters but the paranormal itself, but also um, anything like race, ethnicity, things like that, depend. it really, really shapes how we view these experiences. So would you say that between the various people that you've interviewed, their backgrounds, does that change how their encounter sort of visualized? I think that's a really good point. And I think um, just like this kind of switches to the paranormal for the moment, um, you know how it's often said that people see um, when they do see paranormal uh, things happen and they see entities, they see them dressed in clothing, they see, see them looking as they did when uh, that person knew them or maybe some years earlier. I think that perception is offered to the person or explained to the person by their own brain. Um, and so, yes, I think that is, is probably the case with UFO things too. Not that they don't have a true identity and look to them, but I think that there's a possibility um, that we might be so entirely terrified if we really saw uh, some of the things that are coming up, that they do come to us in um, these different guises that we're able to accept. Now, that's uh, that's an opinion that I'm thinking about just at this moment. I, I probably need to listen to that show to find out if about the cultural um, side of it. But it does make sense to me. Um, your brain protects you regardless. Um, now, I say regardless, but then the people who have had uh, very bad experiences, their um, descriptions are very precise. So 
is it that way all the time? Um, does a person um, does a person's brain actually do that and protect you, or is what you're seeing true? Um, that's anybody's guess too. But I, I find that an interesting theory, and I think I'm te- I tend to agree agree to it for most of the time. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. I'm wondering, are you yourself an experiencer? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, like we thought so <laughs> from your bio. <laughs> yeah. It's it's. But you know what? Uh, there are so many what I call typical experiences, and that in itself is very interesting because things were very typical for me. Um, when I first had the experience, I didn't remember it. Um, it was ten years later when I started to get into reading the tarot where you really start to get into uh, the mind, body, spirit, and you start to feel intuitive and things come to you. All of a sudden I was standing in front of um, the dish sink doing dishes uh, and it popped into my mind, and I'd been doing the tarot for about a year when this happened. It popped in my mind that I'd had an experience with my uh, ex-husband when I was in Texas. And I was really floored by it because up to that point, aside from liking paranormal movies and, um, you know, all the interest in horror and all that kind of stuff, aside from that, I'd never seen that I thought a UFO. I never thought about a UFO. I never thought about any of it. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I knew that I'd had an experience. And that experience was um, we were driving down a huge highway in Texas. And anybody that's been in Texas, even... 30 years ago, we'll, say, we'll let you know that the traffic down there is, is horrendous in, um, in Houston. Mm-hmm. So I looked around, and my husband and I were driving, and we were driving full speed, and there were, like, no cars around us, like one in front and one to the side that went up past us. And I remember thinking, now this, none of this came back until that time in front of my sink, but I remember thinking, wow, where's all the traffic? And I looked over to my right, and about at telephone pole level, like where the wires are, and this was about a football field away to the right off the highway, I saw a huge, I mean, going from one set of poles to beyond another set of poles. Uh, and I'm not very good with uh, distances, so I don't know how much space is in between those telephone poles. A brown cigar ship. And I remember turning to my husband and said, hey, look at that. There's a UFO. And he looked, and we. then I don't remember anything. I don't remember where I was going. Nothing else came back, just that. Hmm. So I knew. So I called him up immediately. And he said that he had no recollection of that. But I knew in my heart that it was something that really happened. But, you know, what do you do when you have something like that? I didn't even know anything about this stuff. I just let it go. And then when um, years went by and I began to work at Schiffer Publishing and and one of the things we were growing was the UFO line, um, which, by the way, we're still looking for books if anybody's interested. (laughs) And um, Into the right place, everybody listens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the um, I had my I did this these experiment, experiments with some of the other authors that uh, were locally, and I had that author use my uh, method and actually take me down through this visualization, and I found out not only had I had that experience, but I had another experience um, 
at that same time, for, not at the time that I was married, but the time I was standing in front of that uh, sink remembering during that time frame, that time, which was like 10 years later, um, where I had actually had an experience right before my uh, grandmother was murdered. And oh, I was dear. kind of prepared for it and given step-by-step information of what I was to do on the day that it was to happen. And when I remember that, I mean, that brought tears to my eyes. But I actually had uh, alien presence around that were telling me, don't go to work this day, stay home, get showered, get dressed, sit down. I moved from room to room to room sitting, just, and I didn't know what, but I was waiting for the phone call. And they, these, these little entities, these small Zeta-looking entities with the big bulbous eyes were there in my home with me when I received this. And they, it was almost like my mind was taken over so that I actually did what I was supposed to do. And to this day, I don't remember very well how I made it through that time. Okay. So I, I felt those experiences at that time, too. So those two were the ones that, that came back many, many years later. Uh, ben has a question, but before before you ask that, Ben, I just wanted to digress a bit. Uh, you mentioned uh, the need for UFO uh, books or, or the uh, wanting to expand the line. Well, uh, I happen to be in touch with two major names in the UFO field, and I suggested that you don't know this yet, but they suggest I suggested they they talk to you. They were going to self publish. I said, don't do that. Schiffer's fantastic. We have a great editor, and I'll, I'll put you in touch. No, with we'd her. love to talk with them. Yes, yeah. we'd love to talk with them uh, because here's the thing. Um, I want to see this this out there because I, I don't know what's going to happen but I think that the world population is moving more and more and more towards a disclosure of something. something I, yeah. I don't know if it happened in our lifetime but I would like to have um, these things out there and I know that all, all people have different opinions of things that have happened to them but I think people should be aware of all the opinions of all the things. Uh, I've had some authors talk about some very good experiences and then i've had some authors talk about some very bad experiences which makes you need to look at the, everything the whole sides of all issues absolutely ben i'm sorry go ahead oh wow that actually is it's a perfect segue into my question which is so what do you think is the nature of um, a majority of these experiences are, are they negative or positive what have you run into well you know what i've only had personally i've only had positive experiences so when I first began to write my book, and when I talked to people, I was always very positive about it. And I actually was part of a, a call down um, of UFO experiment done that was all very positive. But then I started to talk to people who had had some very negative um, experiences, and that was, you know, there was a part of me that just wanted to push that away. But then the other part of me said, you know what, you need to look at all sides. So We're holding I your book to up say, to the webcam at this point for anybody who's listening on a computer. <laughs> all, I, all I can say is that I've had personal, but I've actually had some people have um, some pretty terrifying ones. And then I've also talked to someone who, who thought it was terrifying but turned out later as she became more involved with uh, her own uh, mind and body and spirit that turned out that it felt initially terrifying, but as she grew older, she realized these things saved my life. So things change. 
Yeah. But I, I'm still, I'm still, frankly, terrified. I did have uh, one terrible thing happen. Now that I think about it, that I don't include um, when I was actually working on one of my author's books, and I got a little bit lazy and almost. I, I don't know what almost happened, but something almost happened, and. I'm really open to listening to everyone now, to whatever they think. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Okay. Oh, oh time for a break. Your question. Uh, we're getting uh, so interested in the conversation here that we uh, we're going to miss our, our break. But anyway, we'll uh, be right back. We're listening to behind the, You're listening to behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley, and our great guest Dinah Roseberry. We'll be right back. Hi, this is David Sanborn. And I'm Dave Cos, inviting you to listen in this weekend when the great David Sanborn will be my guest here in the studio. He's got so much great music to share with us and a few surprises, plus music from his new CD, Time in the River. Remember, visit DaveCause.com and be here this weekend. David Sanborn on the Dave Cos Radio Show. Hi, smooth jazz fans. The Dave Cos Radio Show can only be heard on ON1240 WON One Socket Radio every Sunday, twice on Sundays, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., and then 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. The Dave Cos Radio Show is brought to you by Papa John's Pizza. Better ingredients, better pizza, PapaJohns.com. It's the Dave Cos Radio Show right here on ON Radio. Okay, welcome back already. And we have several charities that we always uh, talk about. Ben and I have adopted. We're very careful about what charities we adopt, but we'll talk about that in our announcement section. But right now, let's get back to our great guest, Dinah Roseberry, author, researcher, editor, and uh, certainly experiencer. So, Ben, did you have a question? Well, to, to answer Di- uh, Dinah's question before we went to the break, yeah, I mean that, that was a, that was a, that was a decent answer, just just from your experience, because we, as we know, people's experiences are usually the best teachers. Yes, uh, but I'd like to go a little deeper into that, Ben, if we could. Sure, um, Dinah. We, uh, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about this, but we know you have some health issues uh, mm-hmm. that are major. And uh, just from your own perspective and from, from the perspective of people you might know or have worked with uh, who have either personal crises or health issues or both, do you find that they experience more events of this kind than people who do not have such issues? In other words, do they need well. to experience them? Well, that is a, that's the question of the day, isn't it? Mm. Um, for people who don't know, I do, I have stage four breast cancer, but I'm in remission. It had gone Thank to my God. back and as, and as early as, um, I got it, I mean, you don't usually just come back from these things. Um, of course I've had people from every walk of uh, life, praying whatever religion that they were interested in um, for me across the world. And within a couple months, I was in um, remission. So that's weird. But I've had many paranormal investigators say to me, not the UFO people. I have to say, I don't recall anyone from UFO saying this to me. But in most cases, the people who are interested in UFOs are also interested in the paranormal. And I've had a lot of paranormal people say to me that they believe that uh, some of the added illness, some of the strange illness, some of the things that happen in, in that realm of uh, health have been spurred upon, spurred on based on their becoming super involved in the paranormal. Um, it's an interesting question. I, 
I tend to think maybe yes. Um, not so much for my cancer, but I um, suffered for, as, right after I came to Schiffer and was heavily into the paranormal building that line, um, I started to get cluster headaches. And mm. anybody who knows what they are, they're about 150 times worse than migraines. Ugh. And they don't have a cure for them. They don't know why they happen. They usually happen for men, but they, I had it. Um, and I really would say that, um, I mean, it's devastating to the point where you want to die when you're having one. But the mind-body-spirit people that I talked with all said that it was uh, a prerequisite to becoming more involved and more open to the paranormal. Um, so if you're open to the paranormal, you're usually open to the UFO experience as well. Uh, and if you're not, it's coming. Mm-hmm. So... I, the short answer is yes, I think so, but the true answer is I really don't know, and I don't think anybody does. Okay. One thing that has come up in the conversation earlier, but we didn't pursue it, was the idea, I guess what gets into the personal nature of not only the UFO experience, but, but many paranormal experiences, uh, and, and the participation of the percipient in the experience. In other words, we don't just sit there like lumps and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a parade of ghosts and Bigfoot and UFOs and all that sort of thing. You know, we, we participate rather intimately in the experience. At least that's my experience anyway. So right. the, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, so the question essentially is, um, why is it that some people in a group, and you mentioned this, will have an experience, you know, will see, say, a, a disc or whatever, a cigar-shaped craft, and other people standing in the same place will not? I do not know, but it makes me crazy. Yeah, us too. I, I want people to know. I want people to see. And if I'm standing there and I see it and I go, look, there's a UFO, and the people next to me go, oh, yeah, and then just walk away, Yeah. I, uh, my mind goes, whoa, what has just happened here? And then they never remember even seeing it or saying it or anything. And then I've had... Um, over our office, I've had a huge shadow, and this happened uh, this past summer, a huge shadow, huge, I mean like covering two football fields, go over our whole land. There was a cloud in the sky, and I looked down from my window, and there were three or four other employees having lunch outside on the, on the patio, and uh, two of them were looking up at that, looking at the shadow, and then looking up and seeing nothing. And then I was told later, oh, it was a cloud in the sky. And I'm like, there were no clouds in the sky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and after a while you begin to question yourself. Maybe there was a cloud in the sky, but I know there wasn't. So why um, do they not want certain people to see? Are certain people just not able to because that part of their brain is not active? Um, I don't know. I just know it makes me nuts. Yeah, no, that's too. Uh, in in the line of the same question and sort of thinking, there are many reports that come in here uh, to us about that sort of thing. Uh, and I wanted to get your reaction to one. We've mentioned it before on the air, but there was this occurred in Connecticut, uh, in the uh, sort of the outskirts of the the Hudson Valley, uh, the eastern end of the Hudson Valley area, which is a well-known UFO hotspot. And this particular listener wrote in that um, he was coming home from work, got out of the car in his driveway and looked up, and he saw a, a very, very large disc, uh, mat- almost matched the description of something th- that you yourself described, Dinah, and was saying that he um, he felt 
Well, first of all, later on he found out that, that a few people had seen this as well in this area, but a lot of people had not. But he said he felt as if he was being tested, which I thought that was a fascinating way to put that. You know, uh, have you ever felt as though you were being tested or heard people said, saying, uh, describing their, their experience in the same way? I have not heard of that and I have not felt that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, you know, now that I think about it, the, the couple times that I've seen something and been with other people who have not seen the same thing, um, yeah, that does sound interesting. I, I yeah, he didn't know, know why would yeah, well, he didn't know any more about it. He just said he uh, that's how he felt. It was instinctive, and the question is tested for what? I I don't know. So I just wondered yeah, if that yeah. had occur- occurred in your experience. Um, one of the uh, the other things is. Um, well, the the notion of the any kind of contact, whether it be with uh, someone from another planet, and, and that, that's entirely possible that, that some of that that is what this is, uh, with or with any sort of I suppose physical being from anywhere or any when, as we say, would involve possible health risks in the sense of uh, alien microbes, and of course we, we found that out. When the Europeans came to America and much was made of, of the, the uh, outbreaks of disease that occurred here in New England and elsewhere, uh, when the Europeans came in contact with the natives and, uh, there were, there were whole villages of, of I know some of the Wampanoag tribe around here, uh, were wiped out and this sort of thing. I often wonder though, how come the Europeans didn't catch anything from the natives? That, that struck me as odd. But be that as it may, has that ever come up in, in any of your work, the, the idea of, of the possible physical danger from contact with alien beings, no matter what their origin may be? It's a funny okay, question. Okay, now you've but... added another scare to me. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, it, That's it, our it job. Has, it hasn't. I haven't thought about that before. Um, it, you know, and everybody, we tend to automatically think that if it's alien and um, it's able to fly in skies and, and walk from other dimensions, that it must be incredibly intelligent. Um, so they must know a way for that not to happen. Um, and yet, um, another one of our authors, Barry Strom, in his uh, varied books, he talks uh, with an alien that he channels who is just a regular individual, you know, not a rocket scientist kind of alien who is just, um, who is just like you and me talking, almost like there are, I don't want to say classes, because that's probably not the right word, but, you know, you have different varied intelligences and some people are rocket scientists and some people are editors, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, do they know enough not to do that? Are we uh, a species that has some kind of capability that keeps us an immunity possibly that keeps that from happening? Um, so much speculation. I, I think it's a, I think it's a uh, interesting idea and, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kinds of things happen. Like maybe they do have something that that hits the um, the weakness in a particular human body, which would bring on a cancer or bring on uh, a headache <clears throat> or something like that. I would say, yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. Well, and just another another question to consider, as you say, another yeah. thing to worry about. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, let, let let me add to the pile then. Uh, now, you are familiar with our ideas about our questions about um, 
what are you really talking to? What is really being channeled? Right. Can you, do you know, the, that this thing is what it says it is, or what is it? Is it should you believe it? You know, the whole business. As a matter of fact, the only um, uh, real, I guess, thing that you pointed out in our book that that you said we should probably change, and we agreed with you, was we were a little cynical about what, that when it came to mediums and that sort of thing, and maybe a little too harsh because you know we don't know. You know, th- these are just our opinions. But um, be that as it may, uh, do you feel at, at times that you are, if anybody is channeling something or if you yourself are having an experience, that it's not really what it appears to be and that you need to be cautious? Uh, or well, I think the caution is yes. You, you definitely need to be cautious in all of this kind of stuff. I, I think that um, if you're receiving something that's positive, because one of the things that also came to me in this, this time frame of, cluster headaches and working with Schiffer was I began to channel what are called light beings. Now, you ask me what that is, and I don't even know, uh, but that's what they identify themselves as, and that's what I see when I go into my mind's eye uh, or flashes of light. But when something says something positive um, and heartful and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I say that it's a little bit you know, go with it, but if not, anything that's negative, that can't be of a positive, godly nature, so you need to stay away from it. Yeah, I think we have certain instincts in that direction. but uh, I that, think we do, too. Yeah, for survival purposes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the matter of um, looking at cases as a group um, in, in these experiences, We've talked about the personal nature of many of the experiences. What about the commonalities you have noticed among people who are experiencers, uh, particularly of, in the of the alien phenomena? All right. Whether That's be- a, another creepy thing. Um, and I'm referring to Preston Dennett, who is a, um, a UFO researcher and MUFON investigator. Mm. Um, he's got like a list of 20 things that scare the pants off of people, I think, <laughs> when, uh, you know, first thing he says is, and of course, you, you know, when you're, when you're listening to this and you have a belief in it, you, as soon as somebody says something, you go, ah, I got that, I've got that, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of scary in itself, but people say they have sinus problems and, mm. and uh, that kind of thing, and the, the sinus thing sticks out for me because I have sinus problems, and, and they have certain... Um, Markings sometimes on their bodies and, and those kinds of things. Jerry Medvick is another one that talks about the um, the different markings and that kind of thing on on people that are have those kind of things. Yeah. Um, there's there are also there actually some people have found the implants. That's a whole different discussion. Um, I haven't had any experience with any of those things. So much of what I've had an experience with is subjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't understand that. I wonder why some people, um, and I think Ben referred to this, some people are see something specific, and yet other people actually have physical uh, evidence, mm-hmm. um, which is, is so intriguing to me. I have no physical evidence of the things I've, I've felt. It's just no, knowing what's real and what's not real in my own for my own self. When I saw something, the only time I'd say I had physical evidence, it's just for me, um, is when we saw uh, Jerry Medvick, Vicky Strong, and I were doing an experiment for a UFO, and we saw them 
um, the orange lights that people talk about. And the three of us were there, and the three of us saw them. And that's as close to physical as I could get, and that's with having someone else witness the same thing I was witness. Okay. Much has been made of the term alien agenda, okay? Uh, that mm-hmm. could, I guess, mean anything. Uh, there are all sorts of opinions about it. Um, what is your opinion? Uh, and now just, just assuming that we're dealing with, with the, the realm of the UFO phenomenon here and the, those who may be behind it, what do you feel the agenda may be when it comes to us especially? Well, I, um, I think that just like... In this universe where we have good and bad, I think there must be good and bad in other universes as well, Mm. and conflicts and that kind of thing. I think there's a portion of um, the UFO agenda that there are groups that are here to help or to see that uh, we move steadily ahead or to protect us from uh, those other entities that would not be so protective. And then I think that there's the other side as well, um, that want to subject us. I don't know about eating us and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, that's a lot of science fiction stuff, but why not? You know, sure, I mean, it sure. could very well be how to cook man and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there might be a split either way. And the only reason I say that is because I've had positive experiences and I've had good messages and I've had helpful messages from when, when I've channeled the light beings. Um, Deborah Marshall and her book, A Silent Invasion, some people have been just so critical of what she has seen, but she has seen the really bad side. And the same with Jordan Hoffer. He believes um, in an evolutionary uh, look at this uh, space agenda, and he finds it to be negative as well and that they are not our friends and to beware. So who's right? I don't know. They're, they're having their experience. We're having ours. I'm having mine. Well, so what kind of agenda is that then? You know. Yeah. Well, if the multiverse idea is correct, at least as we interpret it, maybe everybody's right at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. That's right. I, uh, that was that was so that explained so much to me in my own thinking when I read your book, um, because if there are that many universes and that many individuals and that many um, projections of of ourselves. That would answer, that would provide answers to everything. Now, well, are we supposed yeah. to have those kind of answers? I don't know. I guess not. But well, there, there as you know, the saying there there are no experts in this field, just people with interesting right. opinions. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. But it, when it, one of the things, as you know, that we specialize in is crossover phenomena, and we often encounter uh, fo- good folks like Kathy Marden, a researcher on alien abduction uh, from, from MUFON, MUFON, the uh, Mutual UFO Network, yes. a very, very credible organization, and Denise Stoner. And uh, she, we often will consult on cases where they have abductions going on, and all of a sudden they have poltergeist activity going on in the house, and th- th- things t- tend to turn, uh, quote-unquote, demonic and things of this kind, things you wouldn't necessarily associate with UFO experiences. So uh, I think they're all hooked. Yeah, well, we do, too. So I was going to ask you about yeah. your own... Uh, this, uh, can you give us an example of some cases where you've encountered what you might call crossover phenomena of this kind? Um, hmm. Or it might be. You I, know. Can't, I, I can't think of a particular case that I've worked with that was that clear that showed that. It usually seemed, you know, I have, I have done, uh, uh, seen some where people have thought it was ghostly, but it really 
turned out when they actually went through the visualization and um, the research that it was um, UFO instead. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think they have ghosts, but maybe they don't. Maybe they have something else. But we find instead. that too. Yeah, exactly. It's not just one direction. It's both. Um, right, you know, you're right. investigating a house that... Uh, Supposedly as ghosts, and all of a sudden they start seeing grays and this kind of thing, you know. So uh, yes, yes. Okay. Well, we've talked about our book. So before we burn up this hour, which we're doing very quickly, <laughs> Dinah, tell us about your books and where people can find out more about you and where they can get the books. Well, I do a lot of different things. For Schiffer, I work with the paranormal and uh, UFO. I do some, um, <clears throat> and you can find that at RoseberryBooks.Weebly.com. I also write some fiction, and um, I'm working, uh, and you'll see some of that there, too. Yes. Um, a lot of time it's paranormal fiction, and it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun what I work with. Really, I, I, we were always impressed with your diversity and uh, and your energy, you know, and uh, there's something that's probably not too related to what we've been talking about, but everything is related. Ben, if you'd hold that up to the... Webcam for anyone who's uh, watching on a computer. I'll do my best. Yes, and we have the book Psychic Pets by Dinah. What, mm-hmm. Before we, we burn up the hour, why don't you say a little bit about uh, Psychic Pets? We, we've done a few shows on that with Karen Anderson, but what's your uh, what's your take on that subject? And how'd you get into that? Well, that was <clears throat> that was a fabulous. <clears throat> excuse me, that was a fabulous uh, experience for me. I actually started out writing that book um, as a ghost book. Um, for the Lancaster County, Pennsylvania area, hmm. and, um, and you do, and you live in Pennsylvania, just so people will know. Yes, yes, I do. And I thought, okay, there happens to be an ad in a newspaper for um, an animal communications class, and that seems kind of paranormal to me because it was talking about communicating with animals. So I thought, well, let me just include a piece in the book on that. So I went to this uh, workshop and learned about animal communications, and lo and behold, things started happening to me in that respect. Um, So it turned out that that book, I had so much information and so many things were happening to me that I uh, felt that I need to put a book together for that. Hmm. And I guess anybody who's read that book will... I wrote that from such a personal standpoint. They'll know me very well after they read that book. (laughs) Good. Uh, It it was uh, fun to write, and... An interesting thing with, uh, with me is that every time I become involved with something, um, I get to the point where I write about it, I teach about it, or I do something about it, and then almost immediately after the fact, that um, skill or the interest in that thing just leaves me. Like I used to be able to do the um, animal communications fabulously. I was really good at it. And then it was right after that Then I started to grow the UFO line, and it seemed like that skill just totally left me. And instead, I started channeling. So it's almost like I keep, I keep, I went from ghosts, and then I went to animal communications, and then I went to UFOs, and I'm wondering where I'll be led next. We were going to ask you that after the, after this one other question. Uh, ben, did you have any further questions? Because I have one or two more. I do not. Okay. Uh, what 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 are the issues that we find, Dinah? Is that you know, telling people ask, well, where do I turn if I believe I'm an experiencer, whether it be of some kind of haunting or or UFO experience or, or uh, some kind of abduction experience, good or bad? 
and it's a difficult question for us to answer. What's your answer to that? Where, where do people go? Where do they turn? Well, that's the reason I wrote this particular book, was so that they could go here first and try this and see if, if it's helpful to them. Um, but nowadays there's more help available than ever before by just going to the Internet. Now, MUFON, you mentioned, is a fabulous organization. Yeah, we think and, so. And when you go to them, they're very serious-minded. They all There's local chapters everywhere, um, and the people there will not make fun, will not... Um, in any way embarrass you or anything like that. They will research the um, possibility that you might have seen or felt something different. You know, they look at the whole investigation process just like you were talking to a, um, a police detective. Yeah. So they, they work things out like that. So I would say go to the main organizations first. Sometimes that's as close as your local paranormal group. Now, having said that, um, some paranormal groups are um, have been around for a while and know the ropes, and then there are others who are just beginning and start with an interest in the subject. So you have to be sure of who you're taking your advice from. Not that those people that are interested are not good sources. They are, um, and they can help you move along the track. But there are some people who are dedicated and have more knowledge about the UFO. Like, I would not consider myself an expert. Um, I would rather them go to um, someone like from MUFON, like Preston Dennett, or some, peop- some people who have been doing it for a long time. You, you mentioned Kathleen, Kathleen Morrison. You know, those people are the, the people who have had the most experiences. I've only had my limited group of people that I've worked with and found that my, my method has worked well. Mm-hmm. So if you use that and then you feel like you need more, um, that's when you should seek somebody. Uh, and, and I'd start... I'd start with MUFON. Yes, I would too. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of false information out there in all this, this all these areas. But MUFON is, is reliable. Yeah, there's false information, and then there's also, um, and, and I'll be the first to say this about my stuff. It's it's personal opinion things, you know, mm-hmm. because like you said, nobody knows. Yeah. So you have to listen to what's happened to other people, and MUFON has that biggest database of of what's happened to people and the experiences of going out there. Um, I think that the television shows have also been helpful because they expose people to the ideas that these things are there and they can begin identification that way. But then they should step further into uh, a more investigative group. Now, also, um, MUFON sometimes are more interested in the craft than the actual um, sightings of individual Mm -hmm. alien-type things. I've heard that. I've not found that to be true. The MUFON people that I've known have been very wide yeah. range of, of things, but That's I've true. heard that from other people. Okay. I'm afraid we're out of time, uh, Dinah, but, but oh. thank you for a great conversation, and we're, we're in frequent touch anyway, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you all. Thanks again. Dinah Roseberry. Bye-bye. Okay. So, Ben, take it away. Alrighty, so our new YouTube channel, Behind the Paranormal, is up. Uh, we have case, Our first video is there. It is Behind the Paranormal Case Files. We're starting that sort of series of videos as well as a couple other things that we have in the works. And it is about uh, Litchfield, uh, Connecticut Flap area. And uh, we're going to try and add a video a week. And uh, we are starting that off, uh, well, pretty strong, I'd say. We're going to do some more yeah. filming today. And you can find that by, uh, you can check us out on uh, YouTube. You can just type in Behind the Paranormal and you'll find our channel. And it is also there are also links available on our Facebook page, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Right. 
Now, it has been a busy week, and I wanted to send out several thank yous on our behalf. Uh, many thanks to those who walked with us and participated in our live broadcast last Sunday from the Taking Steps for Crohn's and Colitis Charity Walk in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, also thanks to Jennifer Stein, Bambi Dudley, and the good folks from Philadelphia area MUFON who hosted me last Tuesday, October 18th. And to Joe Moscato, Wahaba Hadia Al-Mawid, and Lori Greer, who hosted us in Red Hook, New York, on Friday evening. So that marks the uh, end of our official 2016 speaking season. We will emerge once again in January for the debut of our forthcoming book. That's when we come out of hibernation. Yes. So uh, that book, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, is available for pre-order on Amazon.com, and it's scheduled for release by Schiffer Publishing, and uh, will be in bookstores around the world. And uh, there will be a release party of some sort, as well as a book signing here in our listening area at uh, one of the Barnes & Noble bookstores, and we should have details for you next week. Uh, meanwhile, find, find out more about the show, uh, public appearances, and more at BehindTheParanormal.com, where you'll find nearly 700 free recorded shows from both ON 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. Uh, you can also find my other books on Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, Barnes & Noble Nook. That includes Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, and one on history that may or may not be of interest. Uh, but if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, I'll be happy to sign them for you, and you will help us, all, help us keep all those podcasts free. Uh, also on our website, you'll find direct links to the several charities that we have adopted, including usacares.org, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, and youthmentoring.org, doing great stuff out in California for at-risk youth. Okay, so uh, next Sunday, October 30th, join us for a discussion of remembering forgotten... No, that's not that's not the discussion. It's, uh, it's paranormal experiences based on, on your ethnic background. It should be very interesting because... You know, why do the Irish see banshees, things of this kind? And that will be with Dr. Wahaba Hadia Al-Muid, an expert on culture and folklore. Our subject, again, paranormal experiences that are unique to certain ethnic groups. Or is, as her friends call her, Wham. Yes, that's her initials. Uh, we leave you this afternoon with an intriguing thought from Dr. Seuss. Sometimes the questions are complicated and the answers are simple. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and we still have, like... A little bit of time, so you're well, like, say running, running a little bit ahead. So don't forget about our Facebook page. You can check us out on Facebook, Behind the Paranormal. And one more reminder about the, uh, oh, the yes. channel. Yes, the, our, YouTube. our YouTube channel as well. That's Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben. You know, we don't really differ from our names very much, but you can check us out on there as well. And thanks for joining us on a great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.